Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wassalatu wassalam ila timman ila kmalan ala khayri khalqillah ajma'in. Muhammad ibn Abdullah al-Sadiq al-Ameen. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We praise him, we seek his aid and guidance. He whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, none can lead astray. And he whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leads astray, none can guide. I bear witness and testify that there is no Lord worthy of being worshipped except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I bear witness and testify that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave and final messenger. My brothers, we continue with the series insha'Allah with the five prophets chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be described as ulul azm. Those who have been chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who have strong patience, those who have strived for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, unlike any other human being ever created. And we mentioned that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is at the top of that list. And that is the consensus of the ulama. And every single mufassir that has ever written tafsir has said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the top of that list. And followed thereafter is also a consensus amongst, amongst the ulama and that is the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam. And no wonder that when you look at the seerah and you look at the story of Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam, you realize that he is in his place there straight after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to be not only of Ulul Azam, but the second of the Ulul Azam. Prophet Ibrahim, we know that from a very early age, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in his heart the love of Tawheed, the love of Tawheed. And this is something that Islam allows us to show from a very early age. It is unlike other religions where they hide away their faith and they say that it is not important to show your religion or your faith until you become mature or until you become at a certain age. Like different sects in Islam even, or not Islam, sorry, that ascribe themselves to Islam, that only show their religious nature until they reach the age of 40 or above. But rather, Islam teaches us that Islam is with you from the start. And Islam, when we mean Islam, we mean Tawheed, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So at the ages of five or six, or maybe even seven, Ibrahim alayhi salam saw that what is happening in his town, in his city, is not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How did he know this? Something placed in his heart of the fitrah that allowed him to fight this internal fight that allowed him then to make a clear declaration to his father. Oh my father, what is this that you worship? Knowing that Ibrahim's father, as mentioned in the books of Hadith and in the tafsir of the Quran, that Ibrahim's father was a man who used to carve the idols for his city and sell it to them so that they may then prostrate to, bow to, worship, turn to, ask for, ask from. And when Ibrahim saw this, he said that this is something that's not acceptable. So at a very early age, Ibrahim salam realized that what was happening in his city was not acceptable. At a very early age, he realized what is happening in his city is not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, and yes, 
We do see this today when we have our small children looking at what is happening in the city, here in Sydney or anywhere around the world. You see their fitrah automatically is engaged and they say, Father, what is this that we see? What is this that we hear? And so as a father, we need to learn from the story of Ibrahim and not be like the father of Ibrahim. And some of you might say, and who of amongst us would be like the father of Ibrahim? The one that rejected his son, the one that later became a prophet of Allah and a friend of Allah, a Khalil. Which father will do that to their child? We see this in our nation, in the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When our young children come to you and say, Dad, isn't that haram? Look, it's none of your business. When he sees you doing something which is not pleasing to Allah, his fitrah comes and says, Father, why are you doing this? Mother, why are you listening to that? Mother, why are you watching this? And so our immediate answer is, like that of the father of Ibrahim. Even though we are not those who carve the idols, but sometimes, subhanallah, we are the ones that bring to our family the idols. Yes, they might not look the same, but they have the same effect. We are the ones that give them the idols that they worship when they grow older, if we are not careful. And so when our children come to us and say, Fear Allah, Father, what are you doing? Mother, why are you doing this? It should not be the answer that we give, like the father of Ibrahim, that if you are not quiet, I will punish you. And sadly, how many of us have seen this in our families? That when you put your father in his uh, religious place, when you point out something which is not allowed in Islam, their immediate response is anger. And that anger comes from a place where they know they are doing something wrong, but the arrogance kicks in and says to the child, none of your business. I'm the adult, you are the child. Even if it's wrong, it's got nothing to do with you. You listen to me, I do not listen to you. Subhanallah. Ibrahim felt the same. Did it deter him? It didn't deter him. Did it allow him to quieten down? No. He became adamant to show the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and kept on showing his father until his father would actually threaten him. Threaten him with not only attacking or hurting, but rather throwing him out of the city, disowning him. And how many of us have done that? We've thrown out our child from the Islamic tarbiyah even when they stay in our own homes and sleep in their beds. But we are removing the tarbiyah from them step by step, enhancing this idol that is before them, that they don't grow older. And then they worship the idols of this dunya. And then we say, where have we gone wrong? Ibrahim alayhi salam grew older. And his resolve becomes stronger. Until the day came where his words then became actions. Where his words then became actions. And he smashed the idols, destroying every single one of them, leaving only one as an example. The intelligence of Ibrahim was unmatched in bringing proof to his city and his nation that what you're doing is wrong. And so they returned from their festivities. 
and their idols are smashed. And they look towards one another and they say, who is this that did this to our idols, to our lords? They know that their idols could be harmed by anyone, by anything. They are stone, they are wood. And they said to each other, we heard a child, a child by the name of Ibrahim. He used to speak ill of our idols. Call him forward. So you can imagine now, Azar's position. It is his child. And before the community and the city, his child could be the one that smashed their idols. And so he is angry. And they bring him forward. And they said, oh Ibrahim, did you do this? And he said, ask the, the idol that remains. And they gather once again. He's put us in a place. He's humiliating us. And this is what's happening today. Their answer for all of our argument of tawheed, of purity, of morals, is attack them, imprison them. This is what they're doing to us. When we say to them, this is wrong, they have no answer. They have no argument. What do they say? These people are pure. Imprison them. These people call for good. Attack them. These people call for justice. Imprison. This is the answer of all those who have no answers. And so they said, Ibrahim, you know that our idols do not speak. They do not hear. And he said, then why do you worship them? You know the truth. But your arrogance, your arrogance... The same way the arrogance of his nation destroyed themselves, the arrogance of our nation is destroying our nation, the Ummah of Muhammad When we call you upon the Sunnah, the arrogance is the one that allows you to step away, to move away, to leave. And the same response, we saw our forefathers and our fathers worshipping them, and so we worship them. This is the same response today. Why are you doing this? Is it not part of innovation? This is not of Islam. But we saw our fathers and our forefathers. They are doing this. So how could it be wrong? And it continues. The persecution until they had no other answer. Except to take the life of Ibrahim. So they gathered all of the firewood that they could. And it is mentioned that they gathered it for weeks and for months. Until it was so big. And then they lit it. And a mountain of flames. And this is the intelligence of those who have no intelligence. They said to themselves. With this mighty flame in front of us. How are we supposed to bring Ibrahim to the fire? And so one of them said. We will build a catapult. That's the only way to get him there. And so they placed him in the catapult. And they threw him into the fire. And while he was in the air. Between the heavens and between the fire. He called upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, oh Allah, there is no one but you that could save me. And so he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, commanded the fire to be cool and to be peaceful upon him. And he walked out of that. And he continued his mission. He did not stop that mighty trial that he went through. And the miracle that he saw only allowed him to get stronger. Only allowed him to continue his mission. Calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Migrating from one place of modern day Iraq and he continued 
to go to Egypt and then to Palestine. And from Palestine, he went to Mecca. And all of this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibrahim, yes, like every other prophet, he migrated for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, that is not an excuse for you. That you are in a place that what can you do? This is Sydney. The fitna is everywhere, brother. What can I do? Where can I send my children? Where can I send my wife? Where could I do shopping? Where could I take the kids? Fitna is everywhere. What can we do? We do as the prophets all did. And every single one of Ulul Azam did. They migrated for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sometimes that migration might not be from country to country. It could be from state to state, or street to street, or house to house. You need to find a place where you can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where you are free to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the best you can. The answers are not always easy. And the decisions are not always easy. But they must be made. And that is the differentiation between those prophets who are all al-azam and the others. And the difference between Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his companions. And the difference between the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and us is the sacrifice. Is the sacrifice. Every single one of you will say, and I can guarantee this, that you will take your life to save and protect your children. Don't you say this? I can guarantee every man here will say that. I will sacrifice everything, including myself, to protect my children, to protect my wife, to protect my parents. But yet when it comes to protecting them from the punishment of Jahannam, of hellfire, we have done nothing. We have placed no sacrifice. On the contrary, we have given them every single tool to get closer to Jahannam. Whether in our actions or inactions. Whether in the way we practice Islam or the way that we have not practiced Islam. We have given them a direct link between them and Jahannam. And the only way they can break that link is when they return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through your support. Through your support. We can't even sacrifice a few hours a day to come to the masjid to listen to a lesson. We need to be true with ourselves. We need to be true with ourselves. Ibrahim sacrificed the relationship with his father. A relationship that you could tell from the tafsir, from the book of Allah that was extremely loving. Ya Abati, my father, my father, my father. Never once did Ibrahim yell or scream or abuse or insult. This love for what? To take his father away from what? From the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the evil of shirk. And he was forced to leave. And even when he was leaving, his family, his people, his tribe, his father was in his heart making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said stop. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew the end and knew the end of his father and he said stop. Stop calling upon me to safeguard him. That's it. The same way that Nuh called Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his son and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that he is not of you. He is not righteous. Until then, he was calling for his father and his nation. 
But then he was forced to leave. His wife by his side. And then he sacrificed also the time with his wife. And he left. He left Palestine and came to Mecca. And there he left his other wife, Hajar, with his child. And he left them also for the sake of Allah. This is the true sacrifice. We all know the story of the sacrifice that Ibrahim was asked to make. About the every other sacrifice that he made wasn't as hard or difficult. Yes, it was. Nowadays, if you leave your family for a week, you feel the pain. Your child is growing older. If you leave him for six months, you come back and you don't recognize them. Ibrahim leaves them. But knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that he wants to please. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, yes, of ulul azam. Because of his patience and because of his da'wah. Striving every single minute of his life, calling people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not only that, then making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But not only him, but his offspring become righteous. See, it's not enough for you to look back and to see where your parents are or your grandparents were and say, what can I do? That's the family I come from. My family is like that. Ibrahim came from a family. Came from a family that used to worship other than Allah. And so to safeguard himself, he made a prayer to Allah. Oh Allah, not only safeguard me, allow me to be an imam. Yes, to lead. Yes, but also safeguard my, my lineage. And with that dua being answered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gave him Ishaq and Ismail. And through Ismail, he gave us all Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A blessed dua from a blessed prophet and a blessed messenger. And he gave us Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that relationship between Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his father that he would mention in the hadith that he is his father. And his Khalil, his friend, Ibrahim alayhi salam, was a very special relationship. And the ulama said that that special relationship is because they went through the same trials and tribulations. The same sacrifices. The same losses. The same losses. But the same gains. For the same way that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was, giving, was given the responsibility of the Kaaba. Ibrahim was resting his back on Bayt al-Ma'mur. And Bayt al-Ma'mur is like the Kaaba, right on top of the Kaaba in the heavens. And we've heard the hadith where 70,000 angels will enter every day and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and leave and never to return. And this has been happening ever since Bayt al-Ma'mur was established by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala till the day of judgment. And they are the, the soldiers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that none know the numbers of the soldiers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except he. Ibrahim alayhi salam had children. And so learning from the experiences in his life, he knew that the best way to raise a child is through what? By words only? By action. And so he taught his children from a very early age the sacrifice of hijrah where he would be in Palestine and his son was in Mecca. And then when he came to Mecca, his son, his other son was in Palestine. But when he came to Mecca, 
He also taught his son through actions that it's not enough to be the son of a prophet of God. You need to be there doing what you have to. And so building the Kaaba together, him and Ismail. Imagine. And when you get with your son and you're building uh, your uh, granny flat, or you're working on some plumbing in the, in, the, in the house, how proud do you feel? Your young child standing by your side. Get me this tool. Help me with this. Carry this. Come with me. You get in the car. You go to Bunnings. You buy your stuff. And you look at your son and you see, MashaAllah. And you're proud. And you're happy. And you feel this, that now I'm a father. Look at my son. He's growing older. Right before my eyes, Ibrahim alayhi salam was teaching his son that the sacrifice that he needs to make is give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everything. And so building the Kaaba stone by stone. While doing that, making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah, teaching his son what? That even when you're doing an, a righteous act, this is not from you. It is from the success given to you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah, allows us to continue. Allow us to continue to be doing this act for your sake. Alone. Look at this Tawheed. They're building the house of Allah. The house of Allah. With their bare hands. And they're still asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have the correct intention. To be sincere. And so when you are teaching your child about prayer. You're teaching your child about fasting. It's not about the actions of it. You need to focus on what is more important than the action. The sincerity. My son, you need to be sincere. You need to know that you're doing this only for Allah. You're not doing this for me. You're doing this for yourself. For the sake of Allah. Allah loves this of you. So it's not just the actions. But it's the intention. It's the sincerity. And this is what Ibrahim alayhi salam, he was teaching his son. And then we know what happened next. The greatest of tests. The greatest of trials. To sacrifice his son. The dream came and he asked himself, is it from God or isn't? Then the dream came again, guaranteeing him he was from Allah, asking his son, oh my son, I saw you in the dream that I am sacrificing you. Oh my father, do as you please. You will find me patient. After what? Like that? Ismail was patient? Yes, given by Allah SWT the gift. Or was it when he saw his father, this righteous man, only speaking of truth, only striving for the sake of Allah, only doing what is good, and then asking him to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this action, he said, of course my father will never do anything that goes against the teachings of Allah. Even if he goes against the mind, the heart, but he can't go against the teachings of Allah. Do as you please, O oh my dad, O oh my father. You will find me patient. This is the resolve of the prophets. It is the patience through trial. It is the patience through tribulations. It is Ibrahim that was tested time after time. And the ulama said at this age he's over 70. And still tested from the age of 7 to the age of 70. And he's tested. And he's tested with the closest thing to him. His father, his son, his wife, his wealth, 
his land, his nation, his people. Time after time, proving that he is of Ulul Azam, that he continued, that he was striving to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at every turn. And yet nowadays, some of us with the smallest of trials, we turn off the religion, we walk away, we leave it, we turn our back, it's too much for me. A death in the family, an accident, abuse, people in the streets are mocking us, people are burning the Quran, you feel pain, you see no hope, you see no answers, and so you leave, no? If only we took the lessons of Ibrahim alayhi salam, they were burning a prophet of Allah, not only the book of Allah. But he came, of, came out of it safe. And so if you think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will safeguard a prophet of his and not safeguard his words, the paper is paper and it burns. Paper is paper and it burns. But the words of Allah are eternal for they are his. And it is an attribute of him. How could you ever attempt to think that you could burn the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's a test. It is a test. They mocked Islam. They mocked Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Did it affect Islam? No, but it affected some of the Muslims. But why? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told you through the book of Allah, through his words, that he will safeguard this religion. So you're either one of the soldiers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala linking arm and arm, building a fortress around this community to make it stronger, to allow it to be safe. Or you are the ones that will turn your back and go sit at home and say we have been defeated. This is not the way of the prophets. And this is not the lessons that we should be learning. But rather the resolve of the prophets and their patience and them striving for the sake of Allah should only make us stronger. Should only make us stronger. See, thousands of years ago this happened to Ibrahim. But the Kaaba still stands. The one that he built. It still stands even though the floods at times took it. But they rebuilt it. And it is there strong. And it will stay there until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes. And the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is still is still around since the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam over 1400 years ago. The Qur'an is still present today. It's still in the hearts of the believers, the men and women, the children. It is still in their hearts, still on their tongues. The massage is still a fragrance by the breath of the imams when they recite the Qur'an in the prayer, every single prayer. The Qur'an is still here. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they say. Islam is still here. The Islam that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa came with and that Ibrahim promised of and that the, prophet, the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought forward the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is still there. And it will still remain to your qiyamah. You need to choose. Are you on the side of the prophets? Are you on that team? Or are you on the team of those who stood back? And then you said to yourself, 
What can I do? They're attacking Islam left and right. I don't see any hal, no answers, and so I need to sit at home. If Ibrahim done that, where would we be today? If Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam done that, where would we be today? If the companions did that, where would we be today? If the ulama of Islam, the ones that were persecuted and some of them killed, if they did not sacrifice what they sacrificed, where would we be today? And in a couple of hundred years, where would our offspring be if we don't stand up? You need to take that decisive decision very soon to be a person in this land of Australia, in this city of Sydney, to say to yourself, am I going to be one of the reasons why Islam continues in this city? Or am I going to be the one where Islam is attacked through and it is weakened through me? It is not a small decision. Because when you make that decision, you need to now be firm. You need to be firm. Because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, قُلْ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ ثُمَّ أَوْ فَاسْتَقِمْ Say, I believe in Allah, then be righteous and upright. لِاسْتِقَامَ That means you take Islam wholeheartedly. We need men and women to take this religion and to take it to, inshallah, the next generation. It is through your presence here today that we see, alhamdulillah, that Islam in Sydney is still there, that there is still hope, that there is still rijal, and there are still sisters that are willing to take and sacrifice their time and their energy and also their time with their families and sometimes their wealth to bring Islam to this community and like you around the world. So if you go around the world to every single house of Allah, you will see gatherings like this. And every single one of them, whenever they get together, this is what is building that fortress of Islam around the world. And it will continue to grow. We won't look back. We will only look forward. We only look at the stories of the prophets to give us more hope, determination, power to strive forward. Not to look at the stories as stories or as history. No. But rather, they are our inspiration to move forward. Ibrahim alayhi salam, he went against his father. But he was the one that was victorious. He left his city, but he was the one that was victorious. He left his people, his comfort, his nation, but he was the one that was victorious. He was thrown into the fire, but he was the one that was victorious. He was attacked by the king, and his wife attacked by the king, but he was victorious. He traveled from country to country, but he was still victorious. When you are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nothing can go against you. But know that if the prophets went through this, then indeed you need to go through it. You need to show that determination to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you are serious about this religion and in this faith. And there Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will elevate your status in this world and your remembrance in this world as he has elevated the status of Ibrahim alayhi salam and the other prophets that is mentioned in the Holy Quran and that we will memorize and that we will read and recite to Yawm al-Qiyamah. Individuals we have never met, but we know information of them that is so minute that we feel that we are in their presence. 
This is the remembrance that we have of them. And if you want to be remembered, you need to strive the way they, they strived. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he allows us to take the story of Ibrahim and the Ulul Azam to be insha'Allah. The reasons why we bring Islam forward in this nation and that we bring victory to Islam wherever we are. Jazakumullahu khair. Wabarakallahu feekum. Wajazakumullahu khair. Wassalamu alaikum. Warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This program was presented by Albayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.